When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa, everyone. Mod here once again as the Sens managed to fall back below 500 once again. Um, this is a pretty common theme early in the season of just scraping their way back to 500 and then pretty much immediately falling back down. So going to be a, an interesting one to analyze here today. Uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for, for joining in the chat tonight. Be sure to chime in with whatever comments and questions are on your mind at any moment, regardless of what topic I'm, I'm currently on, because uh, with the solo stream, I always like to get the chat involved as much as possible. Uh, <laughs> Carolina coming into this game with a four-game losing streak, losing every game out in Western Canada. They said on the broadcast that the Canes have never lost five in a row under Rob Brindamore, so I feel like if I knew that coming into this game, I would have been less optimistic. On one hand, we were like, oh, it's a great great chance to catch a team slipping in, in a rough patch, but... But no, the, the Canes are a great team, so you knew they were going to turn it around here, and you knew they were going to have a good game regardless of the results, so the Sens just didn't have, have what it took to, to match them here tonight. It's just, just rough all around. So I feel like the second period was obviously the biggest story here today, and I'm tempted to just dive into roasting that right away, but... I, I'll I'll go over what I saw in the first period just because there were a few positives at that point before the game turned to complete shit. So, damn, it's just a, it, it's I, I'm getting tired of of coming on here and just having to talk about losses that aren't even close. It's it, it's been weird lately with long stretches in between me doing the shows. Like I think it's been a week since my last show, maybe more than a week. I think it was. Uh, was it the Seattle game was my last show? I think it was. So I, I got to have an optimistic show then, but lately it's a it's a lot of these crappy losses. Um, damn, damn. So first period, like one thing I noticed early and that the team has actually done a good job of in the past few games was uh, the forwards doing a good job coming back on defense. I specifically noticed uh, Batherson picking off a pass in the slot and starting the breakout, and Parker Kelly with a great block shot. I think Schmeckel, Yuri Schmeckel. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sure I'm probably butchering his name. Now that he's on the team, I have to actually figure out how to pronounce it, but for now I'm calling him Schmeckel. <laughs> um, I think he had a couple block shots as well. Um, that, that's been one of the team's strengths in the last few games is the block shots and forwards coming back and playing proper defense and actually back-checking. However, 
it, it despite that in the first period i feel like it didn't really continue as the night went on although not to say that any of the goals specifically were because of that so at least so maybe we can still consider that a positive from our uh from from our game tonight even though there's not very many Oh my god. I, I, I just I had to notice in the chat here Marco saying notice how the TV cameras pan to Jacques Martin after goals against. They I feel like the media has has the narrative rolling that if we're struggling you you cut to Jacques because he he's kinda set up to be the interim coach if if we do end up parting ways with DJ. I know the team really doesn't want to do it, but Especially with this road trip coming up that I am very worried about how it's going to go. If if the road trip is a disaster, who knows? Because obviously the team hasn't want, wanted to fire DJ when we're hovering around 500. But it's entirely possible with uh, us playing a lot more games coming up that we might just have a big ass losing streak. And uh, I guess it's good at least that we have Jacques there as a bit of a contingency plan. I know I know the team won't say it, that that's why he's here, because obviously he's going to do his best to try to help out the current coaching staff as it is. But yeah, it, it, it's a tough look whenever there's goals against and they're just immediately cutting to members of, of management that, other than the, the coaches on the bench. So yeah, Marco also saying he, he's like an omniscient presence hanging over DJ's head. It's, it must be a little bit of an awkward situation for DJ because you, he, I, I have to feel like he probably kind of feels like he, the writing is on the wall, you know, not necessarily, I was going to say maybe he feels like he deserves to be fired. I'm sure that's not the case. That would be kind of weird. Uh, to insinuate, but I'm sure he, he kind of feels like maybe, you know, or like if it if it was a different ownership, maybe, um, or, or maybe if Pierre Dorian was still around and trying trying to save face uh, to make himself look better. But obviously we don't have that anymore. We don't have that guy around anymore. Very, very rough stuff. But <laughs> I guess Jacques could be a positive in the future if we do have to go that route hopefully we don't have to thrust him into a head coaching role because that definitely wasn't that's definitely not their main plan in bringing him in so yeah rusty saying he's dj's babysitter it definitely feels like that it's just it's an awkward situation i think everyone liked the move when uh, when we brought him in because there some people even would have just been totally fine if he became the head coach right away so the fact that he's involved at all people like that but it, it's a strange situation and i know we, we've only lost one game in a row here it hasn't turned into a streak just yet but if it does the the contingency plan is definitely in place um i guess i'm trying to think of i'm looking at my first period notes again trying to think of like just picking out the positives as much as i can um the Norris goal, only goal scored tonight. Good for him. We need him to pick up the scoring pace a little bit. I was uh, I was doing a little bit of tracking of of scoring paces for our top players, and I might go over that later in the show uh, if it feels appropriate. But specifically on Norris, he's definitely on a lower point pace than his last full season, which is probably to be expected with the injury, but. We kind of need him to get going here, so so glad to see him score tonight. I also, I have to say that Travis Hamannick really got away with one 
just totally, totally tripping the Hurricanes player at the blue line who was about to clear the puck. At first, I thought it was a slew foot. It wasn't quite that. It was kind of just uh, taking his leg out. I was surprised that the play didn't get blown dead uh, for, for a penalty on Hamannick there. But we caught a break and actually scored. We didn't really catch many more breaks for the rest of the game. Um, and speaking of breaks, Aho got a breakaway shortly after that. Corpusalo stopped him. I was pretty happy with Corpusalo's play today. I'll say that because I think he faced like at least three breakaways. I think Jarvis had two. Obviously, he stopped Aho there. There might have been. There might have even been another one. It was kind of hard to keep track of it by the end of the game. But Corpusalo, none of the goals were his fault here today. He was especially solid in the first period. The second period, you see a stretch of like three goals on six shots or something like that, they said uh, on the broadcast. So that's that's obviously bad, but I felt like it was just a case of, of the defensive mistakes here tonight. Um, I, I still noticed a lot of great saves from Corpusalo at various points in the game, so I can't criticize him too much here today, but, but it is... It is true that we just don't have the type of goaltending that can steal a game. Uh, that much is clear to me over the last over the last couple of weeks. Even if our if our goalies play really well, it's usually uh, they still aren't capable of of doing enough to to steal one, which is unfortunate. But you can't really ask for that much more out of them. Like most of the time, it's just like, oh, they should have had maybe one of those goals, and then. At that point, like when you only score one goal in this game, it doesn't even matter anyway. Uh, we had a few other good chances in the first period. Brady missed the net twice on, on like on the same play, I think, on the same shift. Uh, Joseph was robbed trying to go to the backhand. That was probably Kochekov's best save of the night, I think. He actually he had that two pad stack later in the game. Uh, a few good saves for Kochekov, but it's a lot of shots that were just right at him, right into his glove. I wasn't really impressed with the shot selection from the Sens overall today. Felt like it was a little bit of a case of making it easy uh, for the opponent's goaltender. Not a lot of uh, screenshots either and like bodies in front of the net other than the Norris goal. The one time that they managed to get that set up, it worked. And then we didn't really we didn't really get any chances like that for the entire rest of the game. Uh, also wanted to note Tarasenko had three shots in the first period. I'm not sure how many he finished with. I think it was like four or five, but he was buzzing early in this game, kind of faded as it went on. I'm still really happy with his play, so I wanted to want to give him a shout out as one of the positives here tonight because there's not very many, so I'm trying to pick things out. Um Yeah. We had we had Timmy and Brady running into each other as uh, one for the blooper reel. I think that's gonna be just in the in the worst plays of the week right there that was an ugly one and it, it kind of that play kind of encapsulated the whole night for Brady and Timmy Brady at least had a few scoring chances that he just didn't convert on whereas Timmy was not really generating anything just constantly trying to deke through the defense and losing it this time he tried to deke through his own teammate and, and couldn't even manage to do that ran into a brick wall that is Brady Kachuk so bad games from both of them I'll say that specifically Stutzla, not impressed with him. We have to be we have to be unbiased with the star players, um, and they didn't bring it tonight. Like, I would say Norris, Tarasenko were the best forwards, and maybe Giroux, he was okay, but Batherson, not great tonight. Kachuk, not great either, and I thought it was one of Stutzla's worst games of the season, which is not encouraging to say the least. I don't know if any of you... 
any of you think that they were better than that, let me know. But Terry mentioning in the chat that Brady did have eight shots. I didn't realize that it got that high in the end. Like, I obviously he always has a high shot total, but I feel like sometimes it just creeps up on you and you don't realize that he had that many. And then it just goes way up. I guess um, he probably got credited with one on the play where Kochekov dropped his stick and then also the penalty shot as well. So, so it's funny, even though I think Brady had a pretty bad game, eight shots on goal, you look at that stat line and it's like, oh, he was buzzing. He, not his worst game, I'll say that, but I still wasn't super impressed. He wasn't really able to change the momentum in his team's favor at any point here tonight. So not the best game from Brady overall, I would say. Then the, for the rest of the first period, like all that's left in my notes is the the power play goal that we allowed was just just really ugly. Stutzla couldn't clear the puck at the line. And then I think it was Parker Kelly as the other forward. It was either Kelly or Sharche, whoever it was. He also kind of pinched up to the blue line to try and just like force the puck out. And it was a it was a bad decision. Both of the forwards ending up way too high. And then they're able to just get an easy cross seam pass to Natchez. That was just like textbook what you shouldn't do on a penalty kill. For, from what I'm aware of anyway, I'm not like a strategies expert, but I don't think you want to be cheating that bad and uh, and not getting the puck out. So that was about as bad as you could <laughs> as bad as you could screw up on the penalty kill there. Um, so an ugly end to the first period. Uh, there's always this hockey cliche of allowing a goal right at the end of the period being kind of a buzz kill, kind of a momentum killer. And that was definitely the case here tonight as we saw <laughs> the horrible second period today like I don't know how to analyze this team's second periods anymore because it's just it's just so bizarre I don't know because the only thing that there really is in the second period is the long change on home ice other than that like what is it about the second period I, I feel like these guys need like a sports psychologist or something to uh to try to psychoanalyze them and why they play like crap in the second period because it's just baffling to me at this point because overall the first period was pretty decent in this game third period was sort of like first 10 minutes pretty bad and then the last 10 minutes we had a bit of a push which was nice to see because um because even though it was a three goal deficit with not much time left, we weren't giving up. We were still trying to generate some chances and some of our better scoring chances were in the last 10 minutes of the third period there. But for whatever reason, the second period, we didn't get any fucking good chances at all. It's uh, yeah. now this now they've got me swearing as as I go to talk about the second period because it's it's just ridiculous at this point. So the stat was that we've now tied the Sharks and the Avalanche for the worst uh goal total allowed in the second period which is 38 and the funny thing about that is that the sharks and avalanche have both played five more games than us in the schedule of course every team has played more than the sens but specifically those teams have played five games more <laughs> like colorado had a really bad second period last night and I saw the stat that was like, oh, now they have a lot the most second period goals. And I was like, really? I thought it would have been the Sens. But then I was like, oh, yeah, it's because we played less games. So there must be a few teams worse. Nope. We play one more game and we immediately tie Colorado and San Jose for for worst, <laughs> worst second period goals allowed. It's just, it is ridiculous. And if we had played the same number of games as those other teams, you know, we would we would just have like a 10 goal lead with with how bad we are in the in the second period at this rate so 
I, th- I believe it was, uh, yeah, Seth Jarvis on the breakaway right at the beginning of the second period. Corpus Allo stopped him. And then later in that shift, Jarvis's shoulder hits JBD in the chin. I was really worried for Bernard Docker there because it was sort of a sort of an accidental play where they just kind of ran into each other. And I thought that Bernard Docker looked kind of woozy on the bench. And he, then he went to the, the locker room. I was worried that he was going to uh, be out. Worried that maybe he would have a concussion. It was kind of a weird sort of accidental hit to the head. But thank God he came back to the game with a cage on, looking like he, uh, <laughs> looking like he's fresh out of college uh, with that cage. It gave me kind of flashbacks to watching uh, some UND games back when him, Pinto, and Sanderson were all playing there, just just rocking the the college cages. Um, so glad that JBD's not hurt. If he went down, that really would have sucked because uh, then your depth options are Matt and Paolo, who DJ wouldn't play more than five minutes in his last stint, and then Lassie Thompson, who good puck moving ability but probably not the type of guy we need on the blue line right now we need those more defensive style players like jbd has been lately so glad that he's not injured glad he was able to finish the game the part in this game where we really screwed it where we pretty much lost the game was the two consecutive power plays i believe in the first 10 minutes of the second period just insane momentum killers and what really bothered me here was that the first power play unit was the main problem. Like, a lot of times your first power play unit will do pretty good, but they don't manage to score, and then they have to change for the second unit, and then you're like, ah, second unit's not going to do anything. But today, and also last game, because they scored two power play goals, the second power play unit has been better than the first unit lately, which is worrying, and it makes me feel like they should change up the first unit, because it was absolutely painful to watch the first unit today. The second unit wasn't too much better, but I think they generated the only shots on both of those second period power plays, and I thought their zone entries were much cleaner too, whereas uh, Stutzla wasn't exactly making the best of zone entries today, as I mentioned earlier, with uh, just running straight into Brady Kachuk. Um, just ugly power play. I think I tweeted uh, that I would rather watch paint dry than watch the sends on these power plays, because it would be more entertaining. That's how that's how dead it was. It, it reminded me of the Florida game from a couple of weeks ago. The power plays were were just as bad in that one, and we all know how that game was in general. Obviously, the game overall today wasn't as bad as that one, but the power plays, holy crap, just just inexcusable. And it's it's shocking considering that we were top five in power play last year for like a good stretch of the season. I can't remember exactly where we finished. I think it fell off a bit, but. We know that this team has the ability to get hot on the power play, and it's just not happening right now, which is super, super disappointing. That's what killed all our momentum today. Uh, so even though the even though the defense had horrible breakdowns, it's like we could have been in this game even with the breakdowns if we had some offense. Could have been like three to two or something after after the period, or or even four to two, and then you have a little bit more of a chance in the third. So I feel like the power play was one of the key reasons that we lost here today. And then pretty much immediately after those power plays, then then we get all the goals against. I think it was two goals in a minute twenty. Uh, Aho just sniped it. Then it was the the two on o. That was that was just ugly. That's the type of play from Jacob Trickern that you like pretty much expect to see a player get benched over. I, I know that you, with the way our defense core is, it's probably not a good idea, like practically to to shit to sit. Sorry, sit Jacob Chikrin. Uh, but 
if I was the coach, maybe I'd give Eric Branstrom a little more ice time over that, maybe sit him for a few shifts because that was just inexcusable. Com completely horrible lack of awareness. Like the Carolina players were right in front of him when he changed, and I don't know what what he was thinking. So that that did it right there. That was the three one goal, and then just just pretty much died from there. I feel like the next twenty minutes worth of the game, like the last ten minutes of the second, and then the first ten minutes of the third, was just just a slog to watch. It was getting to the point where I'm just like, damn. I wish I could start the show now while the game is still going. But I mean, and then, yeah. And then the four on four stretch as well was just pathetic. Watching, watching Martin Natchez just walk right into the slot off the cycle, completely alone to, to pick his spot on Corpusalo. Luckily, Corpusalo saved that one. But then the very next shift after that, Ajo gets to do the same thing. And then he's able to finish. So that's the type of thing where, again, I say I can't blame Corpusalo, even though his stat line ends up not looking too good. It's just inexcusable defensive mistakes. And for some reason, it always happens in the second period with this team. I don't, I don't know how they can fix this in terms of the second period, because it's so weird. In terms of the defensive mistakes, there's plenty of ways they can fix it, but it's just it's just weird that it always seems to be the second period where where we get killed. And then yeah, like I said about the third period, the the first ten minutes were just awful to watch. Uh, the highlight of the first ten minutes of the third period was Hamannik waiting behind his net for like fifteen seconds. The ref screaming at him, saying like "Don't hit me with the puck," and then Hamannik immediately passes it to the other team. That that was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. You wait that long and you still pass it directly to the other team. Like, God, it, it just just a frustrating game all around. And it was zero shots in over nine minutes, uh, about halfway into the period there too. So we already know this team can't make comebacks in the third period. And down three, I, I, like at best, I hoped that maybe we would score a couple in the third period, probably not going to tie it, but we, when you have zero shots in the first half of the first, of the third period, you got nothing, and we somehow got, like, probably, what was it, what did it end up being in the third period, it was a lot of shots, 13 shots by the end of the third, so there, there was a flurry there in the last 10 minutes, where we were able to get the puck on that, and there was a few decent chances, but too little, too late, the only positive I can say there is, I think I mentioned mentioned this earlier, but at least the team hadn't completely quit on themselves and was still trying to score. And I do think that some of their best scoring chances did come in the last 10 minutes of the third there. So it was nice to see still a little bit of fight in them at that point. But it's just, again, too little too late, as it always is with this team in comebacks. And then <laughs> we had the, the incident with Kachuk and Kachetkov that I, I feel like I have to touch on as I wrap up my notes here. Um, I, I noticed the, the pretty much right at the beginning of the chat, Delta Go was saying, how was that not a trip on the penalty shot? That was just so frustrating to me because I know that the flying poke check, as some people call it, is is a fairly legitimate goalie tactic, but and, and sometimes you just end up tripping the player in the process and it's an accident, but it seemed to me that Kochekov just like, tried to to trip him intentionally like his stick the the whole point of the flying poke check is the unexpected forward motion with the poke check he didn't really make a poke check he just threw like swung his stick forward at Kachuk's legs and then the puck happened to hit his pads in the process so like that's not even really making a save that seems like kind of just trying to take out the player 
I almost wonder if Kochekov was mad that he got called for dropping the stick, thinking like, oh, I didn't do it on purpose. So he's like, I'm going to use the stick this time, however I can, and just uh, took a liberty on Kachuk. So I get why he was mad. I think that was a pretty cheap play from Kochekov, even though he's a good goalie. He probably would have made the save anyway, but (laughs) frustrating, and I get why Kachuk was frustrated, although he did really lose his cool. I think it was a little too much emotion there getting kicked out of the game entirely like you want to see that passion from your captain but i don't know i guess if if anyone in the chat has thoughts on this let me know if you think that brady was uh getting too hot-headed there or or if you totally like if you totally agree with how angry he was because i i think after such a frustrating game it's it's reasonable but also you don't want to see your captain like losing it to that degree to the point that he's getting a 10 minute misconduct uh before the game's even over obviously we didn't have much chance of a comeback at that point but i don't know i'm a little torn i, f- I feel like he was kind of justified but also eh, got a little bit got a little bit too angry so uh, that that was kind of the last real thing that happened in the third period after that Last last five minutes or so, I kind of kind of tuned out a little bit just to start getting ready for the show, uh, which it always sucks when when there's still time left in the game and I'm not even giving a crap about watching those last few minutes anymore and I'm just getting ready to come on here and rant. Um, so I'll throw it to the chat and see what else y'all were saying in there. David pointing out that even if Brady did score that penalty shot, we had no chance, which is 100% true. Uh, it also said the Sens offense has been so inconsistent this season that whatever games in hand they have don't appear to be likely as wins. You are 100% correct. This is the thing, is that you hang around 500 for so long, although with this road trip coming up, I feel like we're not going to be above 500 at the end of it. You hang around 500 for so long with all these games in hand, but... (laughs) you're still just a 500 team just because you have six games in hand on someone doesn't mean you're going to win all six of those games and if you're just staying around 500 you're going to need to win like all of those games in hand to actually catch up to anyone so you're 100 percent correct there that it's just we we're going to be like using that as an excuse all se- like, all season is like oh we're not as bad as we look in the standings just because of the games in hand but it's it's going to get to a point where the games in hand aren't going to be enough to actually like get us close to the playoff line because the team is what it is after a certain point. They're not just going to suddenly find the magic, I don't think. I, I think it's just going to be another up and down season of maybe getting kind of close to the playoffs near like March or whatever, and then and then not having too much of a, a realistic shot at the end. Like, you know, last year, at the end, it was like, okay, 10 games left. If we win seven of the 10, then we're going to be, we're going to be okay. Then we're going to get in the last wild card. But it feels like it's going to be another, another year like that. In my opinion, I feel like that's probably, probably a consensus opinion too, in this fan base. Um, Delta go saying, yeah, that the, that coach at Cobb should have been called on the penalty shot. I, I feel like it should have been retaken after that. I feel like the ref should just be like yeah dude you can't do that that's it's a straight up trip or at least I, mean, I don't know i don't know i wonder what the what the rule book says about like retaking a penalty shot i wonder if there's anything actually like uh written for that situation um it, like maybe they could have just given a two minute minor for tripping as well i'm not sure that that's interesting but i don't think i've ever 
seen a situation where a penalty shot was completely redone. So that's an interesting one to to think about. I, f- I feel like later I should I should go research the NHL rulebook and and see what the what the actual like possibilities for the ref is in that situation of what they what they what they can call if they can call like a redo or just give a, a two minute penalty to the goalie or something like that. Newbie Sports saying the team is not playoff caliber. Special teams are a disaster. Complete lack of sh- discipline and structure. That is all correct. Um, and the special teams bugs me the most because last season it was like, oh, our special teams are awesome, but we lose at five on five. Now we just suck at both. Like our five on five has been better in the last couple weeks, but the special teams just totally turning to crap. And that was the one thing that we were really good at last year. That's what was keeping us afloat. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the hell, what the hell this team's going to do. Like they're going to, they, they have been improving the five on five, but if you don't improve those special teams, it's going to be useless. Like they both, they both have to be clicking at the same time. So I would really like to see the power play units changed up soon. I, I think I'd like Giroux back on the first unit, maybe, maybe bump Batherson down. I know he's, he's been hot lately, but not on the power play because the power play has not been hot lately. I think they just got to switch it up somehow because the second unit has somehow been better lately. Like maybe even try Tarasenko on the first unit could be interesting. It, it sucks without Shabbat at the point too because even though Sanderson was kind of overtaking him on the first power play last season, uh, I don't think Sanderson has been too great on the power play this season. Like Chikrin was good at the start of the year in terms of scoring some goals, but he slowed down a little bit. I, I feel like the 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 quarterback option on the power play can just be like completely interchangeable it's like if you have sanderson in there if you have chikrin in there or if you even had branstrom in there it's like they're all just going to be kind of average at it it seems they, they all seem kind of like defensemen who should be on the second power play unit and whereas shabbat i think has a little bit of the offensive edge that you would want to have him like as the first choice so it does suck with him out uh yeah power play i don't know i don't know what else to say about the power play it, it's so tough um Marco saying moving guys on the power play units is like is like <laughs> moving chairs on the Titanic. That's fair because I guess if you're doing the same strategy still, uh, it's probably still not going to work with with a few players mixed in and out. But I, I'd like to see at least a little bit of a change because it's just been so rough lately. Um, and and he also said if a penalty occurs during a penalty shot, the universe just folds onto itself. <laughs> I started reading that and I was like, oh, you do you actually know the the rules? You you got me there with that one. Um, Terry's also saying if it had been redone, Brady would have just skated into him full speed. That that's true. He was so pissed anyway. Like, w- would he really have tried to score that hard, or would he would have just? Uh, taking a run at him maybe maybe try to do like a five hole deke where you get really close to him and then just bump him by accident make it look accidentally on purpose ben saying kochetkov is known around these parts for being a little iffy with his stick in the crease that's interesting uh he also says i highly doubt he did it deliberately but i but he can also understand it with uh, i guess with dropping the stick that's that's funny that you would say that he he's kind of known for doing that um so so maybe the refs were kind of looking for it if he if he's had incidents kind of like that before and even if this one was an accident where he dropped his stick uh they might just think like oh this guy's doing this all the time (laughs) and then start assuming that he's doing it on purpose right so that that's that's interesting that that there's a bit of a pattern there with him i i didn't know that ben also said the canes broadcast was surprised at the penalty shot being called 
Uh, the refs said that Kachekov threw his stick, but it just looked like he dropped it. I'm going to be honest, I kind of agree with that. Initially, when I saw the replay, it kind of just looked like... It didn't look like he let go of it with a forward motion it really looked to me like he just dropped it but i guess because he was sliding forward and i think because the stick is what ultimately stopped the puck from going in i think that's the only reason it got called if um if, if he had just made the save and dropped the stick it wouldn't have mattered it's, it's just because the puck started rolling on edge after it went bounced off of his pad or whatever and then the stick happened to stop it that's pretty much the only reason it was called is because of that um so a bit of a fluky play it's hard to say whether or not he dropped it on purpose whereas on the penalty shot i really feel like he did trip brady on purpose i feel like that was just blatant uh which is tough it, it ultimately doesn't matter in terms of like the result of this game but it's just it's an interesting scenario to to talk about because it's it's rare penalty shots are already semi-rare and then when you have one uh where there's a little bit of controversy like that it, it was the one little interesting thing in this game other than just the typical bad second periods from the sends which is which is the main storyline of course see what else we got in the chat here marco saying no issue with kachuk doing that fire up the guys since the game is out of reach i can see that i think that's fair like showing some passion on the way out that it's like okay we lost this one kind of like a we lost the battle but not the war type attitude where it's like yeah we're taking the l but we're still in it we're still we're still passionate i feel like it kind of also you it, it kind of shows the fans too that that you're not like just totally checked out you're still you're still really really uh really emotional and passionate about what's happening even though even though we had obviously lost the game at that point um but newbie also saying touched on it earlier but it just feels like a lack of discipline you want to see brady channel that energy into the offensive zone to score and i feel like often he does but this is the thing like i kind of agree with both of both of you and both of these perspectives i i agree with what marco is saying about like trying to show the passion and keep the keep like the team your teammates motivated uh even though we're losing this game but i also agree with newbie that it, it also it just kind of feels like you're being undisciplined and losing it and like kind of kind of a like temper tantrum situation so i don't know i feel like i'm gonna be the ultimate fence sitter here tonight and not not say one way or the other uh of what i think about it in the end because i'm i'm just kind of torn um see what else we got here before I wrap it up. Hmm. Will saying, Kane's fan here agree on being iffy about the stick. He loses it a lot. <laughs> I, it, it would suck if uh, it's just Kochekov is bad at holding onto his stick. It's like a deficiency in his game, but then they, the reps think that he's throwing it or dropping it on purpose. <laughs> like, that would suck. It, we, I feel like you, you kind of have to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt that maybe it's not on purpose, but who knows? Uh, and, and Terry saying, if it stays as is, 72.4%, that's ugly. Uh, this is the worst penalty kill in Sens history. Oh, God. Wor second worst is in 93, when we ended the season at 73.3%. Holy crap. Thank you for that stat, Terry, because that is so bad. Like, I knew it was bad, but I, it, but how bad do you have to be? to be worse than the 90s, early 90s expansion sends on penalty kill. Like, that's just, that's just atrocious. So, like, in, in my mind, um, if we want to 
I'm not going to get too much into the coaching discussion anymore here tonight, but that's a, that's a fireable offense. Just that, that stat alone in terms of, in terms of whoever is in charge of the penalty kill, because maybe it, it uh, is more of an assistant coach responsibility, but that is so bad. And I, I, I it always baffles me year to year, not just with the Sens when, any team's special teams just like totally switch from the last year when like they were really good at it last year and the team stays mostly the same and then all of a sudden they're bad the next year it's bizarre that's a uh, so that's that, that's one thing that's really going to have to get better here especially with a lot of tough opponents coming up i don't know where exactly these teams rank in power play percentage but i know arizona i think has been scoring a decent amount of power play goals obviously vegas colorado and dallas can light you up on the power play Again, I don't know where they're ranked, but those are all really potent offensive teams. So if the penalty kill keeps playing like that, it's going to get really ugly in the next five games is is all I have to say. Um, Marco asking me if I've considered the Canes are just a much better team that was due for a strong game after underperforming this season. That's 100% true as well. Like, as, as I said, going in, they hadn't ever lost five games in a row under Brindamore, so... Not surprising that the Sens weren't able to make that happen for the first time. The Canes have been playing much worse uh, than you would expect them to with how good they are on paper. And obviously uh, not having Svechnikov again is tough and not having your starting goalie. Although it didn't affect them tonight. Kachekov playing quite well. But but yeah, Marco, it's very true that the Canes are still a top team. Once, once they get more consistent goaltending performances, uh, they'll be back at the top of their division. It's I think it's the the worst goaltending stats of any team for them so far this year so that's the only reason that that you think that that they're not as good as they are so far this year it, and and it just it didn't happen for us today where where we caught one of their goalies on a bad night Kochekov Kochekov was dialed in all night I think we didn't make it too hard on him kind of in the middle section of the game but but he played really well and, and the Canes obviously deserve to win uh just just totally totally outplaying us high pressure team very fast as well so I was very impressed with the Canes game overall it's a team that I like to watch uh when they're not playing the sense and uh let's see Ben saying outside of their penalty kill being perfect uh the Canes road trip to this point has been so bad they were overdue for a good game so 100% the Canes Canes fans saying as well that typically they're not as bad as they've been lately so this this was a little bit of a bounce back to them and I bet you'll probably see them go on a win streak here too uh cover up those losses on the road trip that's probably where i'm gonna leave it i i'm i am tired of talking about this game now i'll put it that way uh disappointing one for the Sens. tough road trip coming up of course as i've as i've said many times i, we, I was kind of just sh- all season stressing this road trip as like a major potential like turning point for the season as as just like it's either gonna sink our season completely or or will somehow do okay and then have a chance after after it but i'm very worried that it's just going to sink our season because it's tough opponents every game on the road trip uh arizona and st louis are kind of average but so are we we're kind of average too so it's entirely possible you lose to both of them and then much much tougher opponents for the other three so not not looking great, but I'll be back on Thursday to cover the game against the Blues. Hopefully, it will be a much more optimistic 
recap that time. Uh, hopefully that the Sens can just kind of continue the recent trend of winning one and losing one, at least for now, so that I can celebrate a win next game. But that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you everyone for watching and listening and contributing in the chat. Awesome to interact with all of you. And uh, subscribe to SDPN if you are not already. Leave a like on the stream and share it if you enjoyed. And yeah, I'll be back on Thursday. Have a good night, everyone.